Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for coming to the first ever recording of the Movie Podcast Live. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm one of your hosts today. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Anthony, on the far end there. Hello. And Shabazz. Hello, hello. Uh, we are a weekly show. We could catch brand new episodes of the Movie Podcast. All throughout the week, we talk to some incredible special guests like we're about to get to right now. Uh, we also do reviews and we have weekly shows. So please check us out. We're on all podcast feeds. We're on YouTube. We're also uh, available on social media. So if you follow at the Movie Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, uh, Twitter, we're there. So follow what we're getting My up to. MySpace too, probably. MySpace too, yeah. yeah. LinkedIn. Link- Link- we are on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not hiring. Hiring though, not hiring. Uh, Friendster, AsianAvenues.com. Yes. High five. Uh, some old school stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're everywhere. So you could you could find us everywhere. Uh, but let's 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 introduce let's, Napster. Let's, yeah, Napster as well too. We're bringing it all. Wire. Yeah, we're all on there. Uh, today, the Melissa virus. <laughs> Stop interrupting. Uh, no, we're we're so lucky to be joined by someone that we had the pleasure of speaking to last year on the show for a, an incredible show that you had coming out called Stay Tuned. Uh, and today we're talking about you know everything with you. Mr. Eric Bowser. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you guys for coming out, and I uh, hope you guys are having a good con. Uh, this is my second episode with you guys. I yes. can't believe that, and it hasn't. It's it's only been a year since I seen you. Yeah, yeah. right. A yeah. few months actually. Yeah. In our contract, we have to have a bit longer between visits. So. Right, right. This is yeah. too soon. Some would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Eric, you're a man of many voices. You are, of course, the voice of Bugs Bunny and a range of characters from the Looney Tunes worlds. Uh, that's right, Doc. Sometimes I think I'm a rabbit, and other times I think I'm a duck, <laughs> and a little bird, and a cat. And a hunter. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, that's just Looney Tunes, and there's still others outside of that. Yeah, you are, you are everywhere, and, and it's, I think for us, too, the fact that you're Canadian, you're from, you're from here, like it's, it's always cool to see you know, Canadians doing amazing things out there in the world. Uh, yeah, well, I thank you so much, and I feel the support, and I feel the love, especially from Toronto, and especially when I come back here. This is where I grew up. This is where I was born, and it'll always be my home. Uh, Except, of course, when I'm in Los Angeles and it's sunny <laughs> and I don't feel like shoveling driveways, uh, that's where I go. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been incredible. Like, the last few years, um, again, just the, the, the love coming from Canada and the support and the recognition for uh, taking on such an iconic character. And then I think the last time I saw you guys, I was uh, a week away from uh, winning the Emmy Award for uh, Bugs Bunny. And actually, I think the first actor to ever voice that character to win an Emmy, not even Mel Blanc, but I mean, I don't even think the Emmys were uh, invented at the time, but uh, (laughs) he was winning Oscars for his short films, but uh, he never got an individual achievement award for voicing uh, any of those characters. And I, you know, Oh, come in. There is the ghost of Mel Blanc. <laughs> like, hold on. I didn't win coming, anything for this? He did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just coming to strangle me. <laughs> How Why dare you? <laughs> What's up, Doc? I'll uh, show you. Uh, but I, yeah, the first words out of my mouth were Mel Blanc. Thank you, and then Mel Blanc. You know, because uh, if it weren't for him, I'd be, uh, you know, fixing clog sinks somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Well, round of applause yes, for Eric Bowser. Like, that's incredible. But please, if you're too tired, I understand. <laughs> Again, 11 a.m. on a Saturday. You should be in bed. <laughs> no, but we're, we're glad you're here with us. Uh, what was going through your mind when they announced that you were the winner? Well, first of all, I was nominated alongside uh, Gray Delisle, if you guys know who that is. She has 
oh gosh, her, her resume speaks for itself. She's like every character on Loud House. Uh, she's voiced Catwoman, um, also uh, Azula on uh, um, Avatar, the last uh, Airbender. Um, uh, okay, and so that's not a nominee, fellow nominee number one. Fellow nominee, nominee number two was Tom Kenny, the voice wow. of SpongeBob. Yeah, no, no, no big deal. No big deal. Nominee number three, Frank Welker. And then nominee, uh, fellow nominee number four, last but not least, uh, Mark Hamill. So I was pretty much uh, nominated against all of IMDb. Like that (laughs) that entire, like just small stretch of actors takes up all of uh, the credits on IMDb, seriously. And um, these are the people that I grew up watching. Uh, I'm not a professionally trained actor. I learned everything from watching TV. my maternity pants will prove it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's insane how kind they have been to me over the years uh, as a newcomer, right? I mean, but I've been working in animation since 1999. I can't exactly say that I'm young anymore. Uh, kind of old. No, you're still young. You're still young. Because I remember we, we wished you well. Uh, we wished you know, good luck, like good luck on the Emmy, and then you won it right away. So I, I feel like we're kind of responsible for that. Yeah. We, we didn't get thanks. <laughs> yeah, that acceptance. They cut it, they cut off your mic right before you said thank you to the movie podcast. <laughs> I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, the last time I was here, not the last time I was here, but in 2019, uh, I was here for Fan Expo in August. This is before COVID, like mm-hmm. literally the summer before the lockdown. And I remember uh, speaking of like meeting people before their their victories and being responsible. Uh, I was in the green room and sitting in the middle of the green room in in a self embrace kind of just self meditating to himself was Brendan Fraser, <laughs> and then in the corner was uh, Ki Huan Kuei and his wow. uh, lovely wife just kind of by themselves. And I was like, I'm not going to disturb Brendan because he's twice my size and he looks like he's going to snap in a second. But yeah, I I had to speak to uh, Key and it was funny because he was like, oh, you know, what are you here for? And I'm like, I just started voicing Bugs Bunny. It was like, that was the year. And he's like, how do I get more voiceover work? (laughs) And I'm like, he's asking me. And I'm like, you're a legend. I'm like, if someone's smart, they will cast you in something. I go, you're going to have to wait three years because of a lockdown. But I guarantee you, you will win an Oscar in your future. <laughs> and sure enough, hey, in three years, my friend, I will see you at the Oscars. But that's amazing. I mean, you, you, I mean you're in some incredible company. And I think uh, one of the things that we spoke to you about with Stay Tuned was that I think that landscape was hopefully starting to change with a lot more diversity in this world as well, too, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of like, I mean... A lot of people, and especially myself, like when I got pitched that show, it, it seemed like a, a nostalgia show at first, but it really wasn't. If you watched that show, uh, it's the six-episode miniseries on CBC Gem. Stay tuned. It is a deep dive on animation, especially in the era of, of the 80s and 90s, what we grew up watching, that uh, tackles uh, heavy-handed subjects head-on like racism, sexism, LGBTQ plus representation, uh, consumerism, capitalism, PSAs and cartoons, whether they were on the surface of, you know, uh, the story or buried beneath, it was a really cool, like, show that had the A guest, which was like, okay, here's the lighthearted introduction to this subject. The B guest, who was a scholar, a professional, a doctor, to examine exactly what was happening. And the C guest, which is uh, the the positive, bright, 
outlook of that subject moving forward. Right. Um, and it just didn't feel like work at all. It was a joy to talk to like some of my closest friends and uh, these professional scholars, a lot of professors from Toronto uh, and uh, around the world. And uh, I really hope that you guys get a chance to see it. Now that it's been some time since that show's come out, you know, you like you mentioned, you tackle a lot of really interesting subjects about animation and just that world. What are some of the comments you've received since the show's come out? Like, like I'm sure it's opened up a lot of eyes on people. Uh, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, just praise and like thank you for talking about this. It's mm-hmm. definitely something that I think animation across the board is something that's always kind of swept under the rug or not really taken seriously or definitely. they're kind of just like, eh, you know, when, when it comes to big company mergers and cuts and g- scrapping projects and getting rid of people, animation in these giant corporations is usually the first to go, um, which is unfortunate because uh, it is it is a serious art form. I think all of us in this room can agree that animation is is pretty darn important. Hundred percent is. Yeah, one one clap. That's all. <laughs> that's all it needs. One clap. It's okay. Oh, there you go. Hey. You're here for animation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, I was going to ask you. So you're also here with Retro Kid. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. I, w- I would love for you to tell us more about Retro Kid, what you have going on here, and how did this start? You you create a Retro Kid with your partner uh, with Steve. Yeah. Aside from uh, voiceover and being a dad, uh, I, I thought, oh, I have a little bit of time to rest. No, let's make a T-shirt <laughs> company that concentrates on Canadian nostalgia. Because I think uh, when myself and Steve, uh, Steve Gaskin, who who is going to be here, but he's at the booth. You guys can visit us. I don't even know what our booth number is. Sorry. Uh, that's kind of business I run. Like, <laughs> we're in the comic convention. Yeah. But you'll see. You It's a giant retro it's kid sign. Great, with the, yeah. with incredible I'm wearing merch. one of our new shirts that's not available yet on our website. It's the Sharon, Lois, and Bram uh, tour t-shirts. If you guys grew up in Canada, you probably know who Sharon, Lois, and Bram are. There you go. Uh, fan already. Um, they were amazing singers, folk singers oh, yeah. uh, that helped raise us as kids. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, they had the Elephant Show, which was their CBC, CBC show. And uh, they were one of, like, the, the main icons of Canadian children's programming that we wanted to work with. But, yeah, Sharon Lowe and Brown were definitely on our you know, wish list of people we'd love to work with. So uh, they're actually joining us. Our our booths are right next to each other. And you could actually come see the elephant and meet Sharon today uh, if you guys have time. Oh, yes. (laughs) Unbelievable. They are here. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible, and I think something that we love, like Shane, are rocking some, uh, you know, video and arcade top ten. <laughs> these ones are fake, though. We had them. <laughs> we made them uh, ourselves. Uh, ourselves. Yeah. I was gonna say uh, these ones are actually thirty percent off if you guys uh, uh, way to sell it. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, we did n- uh, work with YTV, TVO. We actually have a today's special T-shirt that I helped design. Uh, that was basically my contribution to the the company is is helping like lead design, uh, but we usually collaborate, uh, meet in the middle on a lot of our stuff. So yeah, if if you guys are into uh, retro uh, apparel, uh, but specifically if you're Canadian and proud, uh, and and these are like amazing. You walk into a room and just people want to start talking about definitely your shirts. 
I think one of the greatest things about you know these shirts that you've created is that when we go to the states, sometimes people will be like, "Oh my God, yes, I know about Reboot. I've, right. I've heard about it. I've seen it." Or Vidin Arcade, and you like connect with Canadians across the world, and it's such a great experience because we didn't have this growing up. We didn't have the ability to just buy shirts that represented that. It's funny because you know CBC has a gift shop and they do sell shirts, but. The way Retro Kid kind of curates it, we kind of just tackle. Like, I mean, for Mr. Drop, Mr. Dress Up, for instance, was one of my. He, you know, aside from my brother being a main inspiration of of how to draw, Mr. Dress Up was always there to kind of keep your crayon sharp, you know, and and <laughs> and get your your. He, anytime he was at that easel, like the Mr. Dress Up uh, ASMR, like that squeaky noise of like markers against paper, like that to me was like childhood. That was like, oh my gosh, I need to draw right now. Um, so for the Mr. Dress Up collection, it's funny because everything back in the 70s and 80s, nothing was uh, digital. It was all, you know, handmade. We had to frame grab and digitally clean up uh, pretty much uh, everything from uh, uh, the intro yeah. ourselves. Wow. And, but that's the kind of care that we put into things. And, and not only that, it kind of like adds to the library. So. Yeah. No, and, and I think that's that's what's been so amazing about it because every time there's a new drop of something, we're like, oh my god, like like I rem- like this is what I watch. And when I saw Sharon Lois and Bram dropping, I was like, this is a show that I was I like was, remember listening to the, the cassettes and the the CDs growing up of them oh, and watching the Elephant Show. So. And they are all at the booth. The they cassettes <laughs> and the CDs are actually for sale uh, at the booth at the Sharon Lois and Bram booth. I love that. If you had if you had the choice to be on any like Canadian show growing up. Which one would you choose? I'm talking like Video and Arcade, uh-oh. Oh, it, would be, it would definitely be uh, Kid Street. Me and my brother uh, competing on Kid Street. Do you guys remember that uh, game show? <laughs> Please look it up on YouTube. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. It was like, uh, first of all, the host was hilarious. Uh, I always forget the gentleman's name, but he was hysterical. But like, it was these kid, like, kids like paired up, brother and sister, brother, brother, sister, sister competing against each other like three sets of siblings and they were in these cars like that looked like where they're about to like drive down a ramp like this was the game show set but the weirdest thing was when they clapped (laughs) whenever they clapped and i don't know why they made the kids clap like this but they had to (laughs) i know uh, yeah they, they had to clap like this i don't know why (laughs) <laughs> that's a good way to clap, clap overhead clap. over their heads sure it's like showing know. your work you know either that or bumper stumpers that would have been a good okay. show to be on that was a good one that was another great one <laughs> now you started you started voice acting in 1999 uh yeah well animation in 1999 as a production assistant first uh working my way through uh the system from being a uh, Storyboard artist, layout, cleanup, cleanup in general, uh, and then character layout itself. Um, if if you know what those are in animation, it's like pretty much like the progression. So like you'll write a script, someone will have to rough out a storyboard, which is like a rough assembly of images that create the story. Uh, someone will then take those poses and draw them out for the animator. That's basically what I did. I, I kind of drew the characters right before someone moved them. Uh, and then I found out uh, there's a position in animation called scratch dialogue, which is temporary dialogue before they get the real actor in to kind of like flesh out the story. And I thought, wait, that, that's an actual job? <laughs> do you think I could do that? So anytime there was a cartoon, like a pilot or a first episode of something that a company was making, I would always be like, I'm around, I'll do it for free. And sure enough, 
one of those pilots got picked up for series, and that was in 2006 uh, by Sandra Ikiwa and Jorge Gutierrez for Nickelodeon called El Tigre, The Adventures of Manny Rivera. Mm -hmm. And that was like about the same time as like Nacho Libre coming out. Yep. And uh, they tried to replace me because they're like, who's this Canadian? Is he, is he crazy? <laughs> Let's just get Tom Kenny or Carlos Elizraki in there. Uh, but they couldn't replace me. And that's how I got my start in, in U.S. voiceover. And uh, I broke my pencil and never returned to animation. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just get paid to talk into a microphone. This is great. N haven't looked back since. Nope. <laughs> so for you, what does that prep work look like? I mean, I know your voice is really your tool here. So what do you do to make sure that you're keeping it safe? I am the worst. when I, uh, Look at me. I had a latte uh, for breakfast. <laughs> I, sorry, an iced cappuccino. And I'm sure I'll have another one for lunch. But uh, usually it's just keep hydrated. Thank you for bringing not just one, but two, two cups of water. Just in case. So I got to finish those. Uh, and actually, the best thing you can do to take care of your voice is to not use it that often. So if you are a voice actor, have a, a, a day of vocal rest. Uh, you know, we're going to be at a, um, at a convention for three days in a row talking to people for eight hours. That's got to put a strain on your voice. Uh, anytime voice actors have parties or if you're invited to a party, it's always tough because they play the music loud and you're talking <laughs> over other people. Try to avoid that if you can. But... Uh, yeah, other than that, I'm, again, the worst. <laughs> like, give me that cottage cheese. Give me all that dairy. Mm. Is there any, like, special gargle that you have to use? It's weird. Uh, every voice actor I know has a different, like, they'll come to the session with, like, a briefcase of, like, a, a miniature pharmacy. <laughs> I swear to God, there's this, uh, Fred Tadishore has this one, like, cough syrup that I think you can only get where they sell uh, Mogwai uh, in Chinatown somewhere. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, market. no English on this bottle. I'm like, where'd you get that? It looks like chicken marinade, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I could use it for oil in my car. <laughs> but it works like a charm. Uh, Fred, Fred Tadashore, if you guys know, is the voice of the Incredible Hulk, among many other amazing characters, and uh, including Yosemite Sam. And whenever I play Bugs Bunny Doc, he's Yosemite. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure that's it. what these people have been like. Why is he talking normal? He <laughs> Just speak like Daffy for the rest of the podcast. So, you guys have any questions for me? Any, any questions starved. for Daffy? Daffy specifically. <laughs> yes, these are real web feet. Um, I, I got to ask when you like when the role of Bugs Bunny becomes available, like how what does that even look like? Like does oh that like gosh. an open casting call? Like Who did how, you fight? How, yeah. How did you get it? <laughs> Well, first of all, uh, I think the first time I ever auditioned for Bugs was 2000, uh, oh boy, 2016? No, couldn't have been, 2011 maybe. And then the next time I auditioned was 2018, 2019. So it was like literally, I've only ever auditioned for Bugs Bunny twice in 10 years. That's how often they, they open it up. And the first time, of course, I didn't get it, but they cast me as... Marvin the Martian, isn't that lovely? Earth creature. So I, I've been voicing him for almost 12 years. Uh, and I think, I think almost everyone in this room could probably voice Marvin the Martian. It's, got, it's that clogged in the back of your throat voice. Uh, you know, it's almost similar to Kermit the Frog, uh, but Marvin's a bit slower. Isn't that peachy? Hmm? Canine? Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it, there's just, again... Two similar voices, but you can kind of like two do different characters with right. like that same voice. Um, but yeah, uh, I've 
never really gave up. Uh, and, and the crazy part, too, was, you know, I think almost every voice actor kind of guns for bugs. Everyone wants to voice the wabbit, but uh, when I was asked to audition for Daffy, I never thought I could. I never, I never practiced it. I never thought I could. That was, that was within reach for me. But every time I, I think of Daffy's voice, like I hear uh, Richard Dreyfus from Jaws. Um, <laughs> you know, Mr. Vaughn, Mayor Vaughn, what we're dealing with here is a perfect eating machine. And all he wants to do is eat and make little baby sharks. Okay? <laughs> yes. So basically just add a lift to Richard Dreyfus. This microphone will never be used by anyone else. No, no. We're, <laughs> we're framing that mic after yeah. this as well. Yeah. Put this in a Ziploc and bury it somewhere. <laughs> Is there, is there a voice that you're trying to work on right now that you're trying to get out there? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's weird. I never... I, I, there's so many voiceover artists and impressionists out there that just go through their laundry list and it's always jaw-dropping. I'm like the, the lazy, sluggish, like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> like, I can't even think of, you know, uh, past Looney Tunes. Uh, I've been uh, lucky to do that. Woody Woodpecker? <laughs> Uh, the best there's there's the continuation. I love that laugh. Uh, the um, what I did for that audition, by the way, was I downloaded on on YouTube everyone that's ever played Woody Woodpecker, and I took it into Final Cut Pro and I pitched it down to hear what their normal voices sounded like. Oh. So the first person to do Woody Woodpecker was Mel Blank, and he kind of just has like a like kind of like a you know a naturally nice bassy radio voice like this. Um, uh, but when he pitches it up, even you know when he does Tweety, he's kind of doing like this, like a cute little baby voice. And there's something about like <laughs> someone that probably drank and smoke all day <laughs> that has this high pitched voice, but like a low kind of timber to it. And then they fix that and they they pitch it up and it becomes Tweety. Same thing with Woody; it's it's all pitched up. So I wanted to hear what each of those actors sounded like without all the processing. And it was amazing to hear like how they talk. I think my favorite actor, whoever voiced Woody before me, was uh, uh, Ben Hardaway. Um, he was actually, I think his nickname was Bugs, and actually <laughs> that's how they came up with Bugs Bunny's voice. Um, ben Bugs Hardaway, I think, if you look it up. But it was really weird. He kind of sounded like this all the time. Like, whatever that era was, like, they all sounded like this. Yeah. I'm going to go skating on that frozen pond. <laughs> so then when you pitch that up, that becomes Woody. Hey, look, I'm going to go to Front Street to get a hot dog. Yeah. Because I'm in Canada now, and they like poutine here. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's so strange. And to be honest, that voice will not get you into Super Mario World any faster uh, <laughs> at Universal. I'd be like, I'm Woody Woodpecker. And they're like, yeah, sure you are. Yeah. Uh, where's your platinum pass? You um, and everyone else. You yeah, know? I'm like, damn it. So, you, I mean, you recently just went to Super Mario World. So, oh, sorry, it's called Super Nintendo Super World. Nintendo My World. Mistake, yes. Uh, how was that experience? That was nuts. It was like the most overwhelming experience you could ever like have. The way, and it's not even like giant. I think the one in Japan, in Universal Studios Japan, is like massive. The one in Los Angeles is like one small pocket of the park. And like the way they've built it, it's like when you walk in there, you can't see any other buildings other than like these Mario like landscapes. So you think you're actually in the game. That's awesome. Uh, and that's when the the acid kicked in, and uh, <laughs> and I saw you weren't at the park anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, sir, why are you talking to that fire hydrant? <laughs> you're not even at Universal. So you're on Rodeo Drive. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're also going to be doing a voice in the Mario movie, multiple voices? I cannot confirm or deny that fact that I may or may not be in the Mario Brothers movie coming out April 5th, possibly. <laughs> this is live, are you saying? <laughs> Illumination and Nintendo, like, they'll send a sniper. I think yeah. that's what those two soldiers were that, that, for. That they yeah. were making sure. They're like, he hasn't talked about Mario. Nope. Okay, Nintendo? we can leave. No, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, look, lots to look forward to. Yes, yeah. you can yeah. say that. Lots to look forward that. to. What are you look? What are you looking forward to? That you, what projects you got to work on that's coming out soon? I think something that I can talk about that hasn't quite really been announced is uh, the Coyote versus Acme movie. Oh, oh wow! So many years ago, uh, in the New Yorker, uh, uh, someone wrote a funny story of the Coyote suing the Acme Corporation <laughs> for years of pro- products that never worked because he's never <laughs> been able to catch the Roadrunner. So he hires a lawyer and sues the Acme company, uh, and they've turned that into a movie, which stars Will Forte and John Cena uh, as the two opposing lawyers. And uh, yeah, I get to, I know the coyote doesn't talk, but I have been able to uh, provide uh, voices <laughs> uh, for for the rest of the gang, and I think it's going to be a very interesting movie. <laughs> Is it like a hybrid of, of animation and live action? It's like Who Framed Roger. Oh, that's cool. exciting. That's very exciting. Very, very funny, yeah. If we were to walk into Super Nintendo World right now, would we see your characters somewhere on the walls, maybe? Or... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. We have confirmation that it is a Nintendo character. I play a cloud. <laughs> the famous speaking clouds, you know. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, oh man, if you've ever, I swear, the, the, the Mario Kart ride, like the Bowser's Castle, there's so much going on. Like, you have this helmet on with, like, VR, and, like, you're looking, and things that aren't there are there, and then you have to drive and shoot things at the same time. I'm like, oh, my God. That's I'm going to vomit. <laughs> this is too much. I love that. I give, love me my, give me my Hanna-Barbera land at Canada's Wonderland. That's all I need. I need Flintstones mini golf. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. Now, you won an Emmy. Yes. You've done pretty much everything you could possibly do in the animation world, even yep. being part of what, how animation works and all that. Have you ever thought of maybe moving into a director, let's produce something and yep. get it out there? Because you've, you've done it. You, you can do it. That's I know a, you can. That's so. a great question. And I've, 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 for many years, I've, I've been sitting on an idea, and uh, I know Hulu has asked me to pitch them for their adult animation um, wing and uh, possibly Amazon Prime as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's it's within reach. I just need to, uh, again, stop being so lazy. <laughs> uh, I, I'm completely satisfied uh, being a dad, having a shirt company, uh, winning Emmys, uh, and uh, maybe sleeping for two hours every day. But, oh, uh, but if I had a show, that would be so much fun. And uh, you would all do voices in it. So oh, for, oh, thank everyone you. Everyone in this room right now oh, wow. would be part of the cast. You heard it's it a here. Lot of, it's a this lot is of... an audition. This has been a secret yeah. audition this whole time. <laughs> if you all look under your seats, there's... Uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe this is a movie right now. Who yeah. <laughs> I know we're all being filmed. So. <laughs> uh, something I wanted to ask you, though, too, with uh, when it comes to doing the work that you're doing, does it... Uh, when you're stopped in the street do you find yourself ever getting stopped in the street like do the kids freak out when they see you or is it something when you do the voice it just they just get activated and it's just like something you never see because i saw you were also doing some charity work last week yes and i was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that work that you do too usually when i'm stopped in the street uh it's because i'm in someone's way they, they, 
I go, Eric? I'm like, yeah, like can you just move? Uh, trying to get to those avocados <laughs> at Metro uh, grocery stores. Um, yeah, especially at conventions. This is why I, I go to these uh, events to meet people uh, and and say thank you. You know, it's the best way to to, to brighten someone's day. And um, when I get recognized, it, it's kind of freaky, only because yeah, you're a voice actor. No one's supposed to know what you look like. <laughs> uh, but there are there's just so much behind the scenes stuff happening these days. And uh, if people are real fans of your work, then they they do the research. Like if I do the Warner brothers tour in, in LA, like if I take a guest there, like I, I never go announced, like I just go and have a good time. And I'm always either someone on the tour or someone that works there will be like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I know uh, who you are. <laughs> yeah. The employees, because they're Warner brother employees. Right. They, they know. And you know, Bugs Bunny's a very popular character. It, it gets me thirty percent off at the gift shop. <laughs> That's so good. That's I'll be if, I, if you think I'm Ken Jong. If it gets me a discount on <laughs> on food or dry cleaning, I'm in. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's cool, and and I'm very thankful for for uh, the years of support, not just from family and friends, but from fans especially. Definitely. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to kind of get into this similar work. I know you've told us how your story is, but what would you say is the natural progression? Like, how would you tell someone today, like, hey, if I want to get into voice acting? Well, it's funny because when I was growing up, they're really, like, voice acting was, like, kind of a joke. People would be like, eh, you know, like, oh, yeah, sure, voicing a cartoon, sure. But, like, man, like, the people that I grew up watching, like Rob Paulson, you know, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Charlie Adler, Tress McNeil, Tara Strong... They really did it at the right time because they were just giving money away, like it, like prime time, like Saturday morning cartoons. That does not exist anymore. No, no. And that's cartoons on network television, like ABC, CBS, NBC, like Fox. Like they were just like, here you go, like here's your kids' college uh, career, your For one episode. T- tuition. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. Here's a house in Malibu. Um, now it's like. You know, uh, you, you do a voice on a Netflix show. They're like, it's uh, new media. We have no way to track uh, residual. Like, the, yeah, right. it's it's funny. The reason why I left Canada is because uh, Canadian actors do not make residuals. But it's almost like as it stands now, if you're a Netflix actor in the U.S. versus a Canadian actor on TV, they give you a, at least a buyout rate here in Canada with the Canadian Union. Right. So I'm like, should I move back? I mean. They don't have Swiss Chalet in America. <laughs> That's true. I That's use true. that chalet sauce as shampoo. <laughs> if you're wondering what that smell is. What are you ordering at Swiss Chalet? The quarter chicken dark. Oh, good Hello. stuff. Oh, good yeah. stuff. And What's I still that? ask for Toblerones uh, for the festive <laughs> special. Like, no, we only give out Lindor. Those triangle uh, chocolates are a health hazard. You can choke. <laughs> do you, we might get sued. Do you find that like now that you're in that world, like just the, the the Insta media world with Netflix or TikTok, just how fast things change and how, how do you feel about it when you're a voice it's, actor? It's interesting as a voice actor, and I'll get back to your question too about getting into voiceover. A lot of people still like take stars from TikTok and Instagram with their following and try to put them in cartoons, and some of them. Yep have the natural ability also like impressionists like if you're if you do like impressions that's great for 28 seconds but can you work 
on an episode for four hours right. in character. That's a different mm-hmm. thing. That's not like a 28-second thing that gets mm-hmm. you millions of views. Like, funny voices get you into the room, but it's the good acting. If you're out there and you're a young voice actor, be a better actor than an impressionist because those voices will follow. Mm-hmm. What's hard is the ability to convince anyone watching that you are this character, whether it be a talking rabbit or Batman or any like character you have to convince us and uh, like the stakes will always be high it's funny when you watch bugs bunny cartoons it it's almost the same setup every time because when they were making those shorts back then they weren't expecting it to be shown back to back to back they only got shown once every few months in a in a movie theater so that's why we always see the same thing elmer always goes be very very quiet i'm on wabbit <laughs> Oh, you're not going to get me, Elma. Um, It's that same setup, but it works every time because those guys are just so good at at introducing these characters to us. And we fall in love with them every time we see them. And that only comes from good acting. Yeah, that's That's true. I learned the hard way. I did not go to school for acting. I got thrown into the deep end and they knew right away. It's like these people have been working for decades. And here comes this kid from Toronto that probably sounded a lot like Rick Moranis, eh? So uh, where do I stand and then how do I say this? And it's like, Ooh. like I had to learn how to be a good actor by watching the people around me. So Mark Hamill, Great Delisle, Tom Kenny, Frank Welker. Like I got to work with these people and you have to like get over the fact that they're celebs but also like show them that you could do this. Right. Did we want to open it up, ask if there's any questions from the audience before we uh, wrap up today's live episode? Birthday greetings, uh, voice <laughs> messages for your phone. If you want to break up with someone, I'll do it. Yeah, right like, up here. Oh, you've Sorry, got, you've got a you, Bunny as well. Yeah. Oh, what? Nice. <laughs> Very oh. cool. Oh, my gosh. Are you a Bob's Burgers fan as well? My question yes. Uh, that's right. Uh, after uh, Bill Hader, you know, he's the original guy doing his Columbo impression. Now it's uh, now it's me. Yeah, how's it going? Good, good, good. Oh my aching head! Ah, that that Hunter Elma. I'll get him. I'll get him, Doc. Uh, yeah, that's the funny thing about Bugs is like he's. He never bugs anyone until someone bugs him. So uh, if if you were to cause that tree falling on Bugs Bunny, be prepared for the next seven minutes of hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm dying! Yeah. That's the, uh, the Mel Blanc weird scream that he does in every cartoon. And that's the one thing that I miss about his performance is how unhinged he can be. Because he created those characters, right? He could do whatever he wants in, in that tone. But I think impressionists are so scared to kind of go outside that character voice. So when I tried it for the first time, trying to emulate that natural sound, uh, people were like, oh, he's doing the scream. Cool. <laughs> so I, I was like, whew, because that's the kind of thing that could end your career. <laughs> and there's no like archival footage for you to even reflect on, right? Like, is there? I mean, th- yeah, there's nothing on... He used to do like the Jack Benny show. There's definitely interviews on Letterman uh, that Mel Blanc did, but there's a lot of I think on some of those old DVDs before Blu-ray, they used to come out with the Looney Tunes Golden Collections. They would have, and I have like a bunch of it, like unedited footage of Mel Blanc uh, 
uh, sessions. Wow. So from the 60s. Yeah. So you'd hear him go, okay, this is uh, Mel Blanc uh, doing Porky's voice to be sped up to uh, 1,000 RPMs. Yeah, be, be, uh, boy, wow, I, uh, be, be, Bugs, it's really nice to be here. And then that voice gets pitched up and becomes Porky. And then the same thing with Speedy Gonzalez and the same thing with other other voices of his. Uh, and it's just nice to hear, like, and the same thing with Puss in Boots. I'm the voice match for Antonio. When he's too busy, I am Puss in Boots. Um, <laughs> if you buy the DVD now for the new movie, I'm him in the short called, uh, there's a new animated short called The Trident, and I'm voicing him. And I also voice Puss in Boots for the Affleck commercial oh. with him in the duck. Um, That's amazing. For the new movie that just came out. I did all the temporary dialogue too before... Antonio flew from Spain. <laughs> Who is this? I, like, right now, you are Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I, don't see. I can imitate the voice, but not his abs or his bank account. <laughs> kind of sucks. But at least, uh, you know, I could buy bread and eggs this week, um, which are very expensive. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my gosh. Was. Thank you for your question. Any other questions before we wrap up? Uh, right here with the yes. Breath of the Wild. Zelda. Yes. Oh my gosh, that would be cool. Oh, I, I, we di- actually did. Uh, there's a guest the voice actor challenge on YouTube for Stay Tuned that we did on Hollywood Boulevard, which is kind of funny. Uh, but your question was for auditioning. Yeah. How how to get auditions? Yes, and for that, I also do sometimes do voice acting. Like I can do somehow Sonic's voice, or I can do Sonic's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very impressive. Very nice. Uh, that's so cool. Uh, congratulations. You have such great range. You got the part. Um, I don't even know what part it is, but I'm sure you could do it. Uh, uh, you know, it's crazy. When I first started, and there's a lot of animation schools, I'm sure, in Toronto, I would offer my voices to, like, third-year students that are doing their thesis films because they can't afford to... I got paid in apples and Twinkies, Um it's delicious, by the way. The best paycheck ever. Combo. Uh, nutritious and bad for you at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I, I I saw that as an opportunity because I'm like, these animation students are graduating and they might be my bosses next year that work at animation studios that will then make series. So if you guys are young actors out here looking to get experience in voiceover, go to your local schools in Canada to find animation like students because they'll be like... Amazing, great. You, you, please, I need the help. So there's that, and uh, I'm sure there's like, if you're not in the union, there's like a lot of non-union roles out there. I'm sure you could find like any listings anywhere. But usually it starts with an agent, um, and you have to create a demo reel uh, that shows exactly what you just did about a minute long. Uh, yeah. Bonus. I have not. I will do it. Uh, well, first, I would have a carrot cookie. Definitely, with carrot ice cream. Uh, and under it, another carrot cookie. Like a carrot cookie sandwich. <laughs> oh. That would be kind of nice. Uh, it's and, and nutritious. 
Quite possible. <laughs> probably not. Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. No, not, not that good. <laughs> I love that. Perfect. Way and in the back? Way in the back, yeah. Uh, just as uh, Wanda? Yeah, what's going on? Just practice and keep drawing. Draw every day. Because uh, the more you draw, the more you get more comfortable with your style and, and, and you just get more practice and more practice makes you better. And also, you know, uh, I'm sure there's lots of uh, other artists out there or, or classes that, that are being offered. There's just so much stuff out there now versus like 30 years ago. And a lot of people produce their own stuff. Uh, people make cartoons in their bedrooms now. You know, you don't even need a whole studio. If you could learn programs, get yourself immersed in, in stuff like that. I know Flash was a huge uh, animation tool, but there's been so many others, I'm sure, out there. Uh, Animator Pro, Storyboard, Storyboard Pro is like another one where you can kind of draw within the program, and there's just there's just a lot available. So, yeah, just, just look it up and, and uh, ask questions. Keep asking questions. Perfect. Thank you all so much for your time. Uh, I, I want to be respectful of your time, Eric, as well, oh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this live session of the Movie Podcast today. Thank you. Uh, this is great. You're welcome back anytime if you want to be a third guest. Uh, and yeah, if you, if you like what we're doing here on the Movie Podcast, please make sure you like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Letterboxd, at the Movie Podcast. Uh, and just want to say thank you, obviously, to Antti, to Shabazz, to Eric, and I'm Daniel. So you can follow us there, too. And thank you for coming today. I hope you enjoy thank the rest of the Comic-Con. So thank the, you. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, that's all, folks. <laughs>